Welcome to the More Than Pizza podcast, where we exist to walk with parents in the discipleship of their kids and offer more than just pizza. to the More Than Pizza podcast. I'm Ray. I'm Corey. And I'm Austin. And I'm JB. And we're just glad to be back. We're sorry that we had to leave you hanging for a week. But when sickness invades the household, you know, that kind of changes your plans for the week. And over half our team had sickness, whether it was one of us or a child uh, get sick last (laughs) week. And it just wasn't going to work out. And here's the reality of it all. When your recorder and your editor goes down, yeah. so does the podcast. Yeah. The, goes so, down. the recorder and the editor's whole family was down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. worse. Yeah, it wasn't so, uh, just me. Yeah, we learned last week that it is really hard to do a podcast without recording and editing a podcast. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. we're sorry that we had to skip a week, but we hope that it's been a good week for you. And uh, maybe you've just had some extra time to think about our episodes and and the last episode we left you with was surrender part one and so maybe you've just had a little more time to think about what surrender looks like in your life but today we're going to keep it rolling and we've got surrender part two coming up you can't have part one without part two and so we're going to jump back into this idea of surrender and what it looks like for us yeah that's right and so in the previous episode we talked about the word surrender and i think we gave Really good overview. I think we talked about what it means. And then so in this episode, we want to talk about what it looks like practically. How are we surrendering in our own life, but how are we doing that in the home and how can we help parents? Um, The whole point of this podcast is come alongside you parents and just help you disciple your kids. And so what does that look like in your life and how you're going to model that uh, to your students? And so all of us, since that episode, we've had uh, Disciple Now and it was themed Surrender. And I want to start out with that question. I think the speaker uh, brought a great question uh, for us, and I kind of just want to talk through it for just a few moments. Is And this is what he said. He says, what is one thing that if you lost it tomorrow to make you question whether you matter or not? I think it's a great question to think about because I feel like our hearts are prone to wonder. We know that into a lot of different directions to where if that were not there now, Would we question God? Would we question if we matter? Would we have those questions? So let's just, what are some of those things that that we're tied to today that y'all see? Yeah, unfortunately, I guess not unfortunately, but my answer was the same as our Dean Now speaker. And he talked about how he valued his reputation and found a lot of value in that. And if that was something that was stripped from him, and he even told some personal stories of how there were moments where he really worried about that and he was able to give it to the Lord. But that's something that I've always kind of struggled with. And it's almost a good struggle because Mm -hmm. I feel like our generation was raised being challenged and encouraged to have impact, like to make impact in the people around you, to have an impact in your communities, in your schools. And that's what we should do as believers. But I think so often it's easy to make the level of our impact become our identity mm-hmm. or become our and we we begin to think that if we don't have reputation if we don't if we're not known then we're not having impact mm-hmm. and that is so against the life that Jesus lived like Jesus grew in popularity because people spoke of what he did and and what he taught not because he sought it and uh, so I, I struggle with that but it's it's something that I have to surrender to like even in ministry I, I want my students to love me and to, mm-hmm. you know, 
enjoy being a part of our student ministry, but that's not the goal. And so that was, it was a great question. And I, I thought, you know, yes, it, you know, losing my family or losing even my career, like those are things, but I think we strive a lot of times for our reputation and losing that would cause me to question a lot of things. I agree. I agree. I mean, another one for me would be family. Like family, I mean, it's a great thing. Like, but whenever it becomes your overarching top goal and God becomes second to family, it's where there kind of becomes contention between it. And like our whole idea of this podcast is discipleship inside the family. But the reason why that's so important is because you're putting God above family and putting God inside of the family. So, like, I think of my family, like, my wife, my child, if either one of them got um, stripped from me, like, I would be, I would probably start to question a lot of things about my life. And then that would lead to anger to God, uh, which is never a good thing. But the way you prioritize different things in your life truly show who you care about most. Mm-hmm. And um, we should always have God first when God should leach into our family um, and should be like the overarching goal. Yeah, see, I think my struggle is a little different. Um, so I, I'm one that's always dealt with like uh, self hate. Like I don't like myself. I don't like, um, like I struggled with depression. I struggled with uh, like there there were times of like thoughts of suicide growing up. Uh, it kind of runs in my family, and so like for me, it was always like I don't matter anyway. So, like, I, I have no value. I have no worth. And so, like, salvation for me was or is a, a light into my darkness of, like, my mental state. Um, now, I don't – now, there are times of where, like, it's just a dark, gloomy day and I don't want to see anybody or I don't want to do anything. But those are rare and far between, but they still happen. But I still go to Scripture and I go to um, – I, 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 I spend time in prayer um, I go to my wife, I can spend time with my kids um, in, in those times just to be like, no, there are people that do care if I'm here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, I like, it's, so when he asked that question at D now, like, I was like, there's nothing really that, like, if, if, if anything fell out or are lost, like, I, nothing would really come at me. Then I, I prayed over and thought of that question for a while of just like, yeah, see, my, I have to remember how much Jesus loves me and how much my worth mm-hmm. was worthless. He just saw value in me. Mm-hmm. Like even though I was broken and, and nasty and, and my righteousness was this filthy rags, like he still loved me. Yeah. I didn't have to be flashy. I didn't have to be anything. And so um, in that question, I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I have anything that's like, if that's gone, I lose it. Cause I have to make sure that Jesus is already there. So if I lost my, if, if we could lose salvation, we've talked about that. If we could lose salvation, like that would be it. But we you know once we have that, we, we're, we're good. But um, yeah, it's, it's a hard question. I know a lot of people struggle with like putting things before the Lord. And I, and I still do too as well. But it's um, surrender, even surrendering the good things and then even surrendering like our negative thoughts. Is a, is a big deal when it comes to our relationship with Christ. Like, we have to give all of that over, not just the, the bright, shiny things, but also our darkness, our dark thoughts and our own insecurities. We have to surrender those as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's crucial. I think it's easy to see 
that our hearts um, can easily be swayed um, and the hearts of our students can easily be swayed in their own direction, whether that is something that's been taken away and now you start questioning a lot of things. I'm glad you put up, put, start talking about Jesus and just reminding yourself of Jesus and his love for you, mm-hmm. uh, which brings me to the next question. What are some scriptures? What are some scriptures and good thoughts that you have that you would like to give the listeners thinking, you know what, this is something you need to turn to. Um, on a daily basis so that you can see that Jesus loves you. Like the first thing that comes to my mind whenever I, I think about that question is in Hebrews chapter 12, he starts talking about that to put away all these things that are entangling your heart, yeah. these, you know, strip away these things. And then he says the greatest words ever, just like you just said, fix your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah. Um, and I just, that's just something that that's always resonated with me is when you are, when your heart is entangled and whenever it is going in the wrong direction and being swayed into those things that if they were stripped away and it costs you to just, just to think, man, why does this even matter? Fix your eyes on Jesus. He changes everything. He is the truth. He is the way. And we can fix our eyes on him, the author and perfecter. And I think that's crucial. So what are some scriptures that y'all have uh, that you run to on a daily battle that would be good for our listeners? I know one that like anytime you're in the world, like you always hear, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. And then, no, uh, you start, then you go back to Yikes. Jeremiah 17 in verse 9, and it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Yeah. Mm. And like that is one of the things that I have to constantly remind myself of. Am I following what Corey wants? Or am I following what God wants? Right. And whenever I start following after my own heart, like bad things happen because <laughs> us as humans, we can want some pretty twisted things. Mm-hmm. And especially whenever we're completely neglecting God. Mm. And so um, that is definitely one that we always have to remind ourselves is don't follow your heart. Follow what God wants for us because our heart wants evil things. Like mm-hmm. Jesus says, it is one of the most evil things in our bodies is our hearts. Yeah. I think for me, one of the passages of scripture that I always go back to is Psalm 139. And it's such a beautiful chapter because it, it, it tells us so it tells us so much about who God is. It tells us so much about how God interacts with us. But then it, it begins to talk about the relationship we have with the Lord as well, that uh, before we ever spoke a word, you know, he formed us, he created us. We are wonderfully made. We are, we are, we are created for him and, and he desires loyalty from us. And, and this is a moment where, where David is lamenting, like he is Psalm 139 is him reminding himself of how good God is so that he could then walk in obedience. And so I always go back to Psalm 139 and just be reminded of of who God is. The fact that we can't escape him. It says we can go as far east, we can go all the way to the western horizon, and we're, we're never going to escape his presence. Uh, he knows the words before they're even on our tongues. He knows when we sit down, when we stand up, when we lie down. And he knows these things about us, yet he loves us. And we are remarkably and wonderfully made because he loves us. Uh, and so that's always good for me. And it's challenging, too, because it ends with verses 23 and 24 saying, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my concerns. Do away with anything that is is not of you and lead me in the everlasting way. Like it, it's a challenge to live in obedience, but it's also a reminder of who God sees us as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it would be uh, Philippians 2.5, um, where uh, Paul is saying your attitude should be that of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that and going back to what I said, like my attitude 
towards myself a lot of times is is not correct is not in the right biblical mindset and so i have to just think of like all right this is this is not how jesus would think this is not how jesus thought of himself and if i'm to be a person that's like christ then then my attitude my mindset has to be like christ and so that's just something that's always um just right there like if i was ever going to get a tattoo it was going to be like it would be philippians 2 5 <laughs> somehow or other but i'm too fickle and don't have enough <laughs> like i don't want to pay money <laughs> for something that I will probably regret later, <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm not going to get one. But if I did, it'd be it'd be yeah. Philippians two five some somewhere somehow. And I, I think that's good advice too to look at the life of Christ and how he lived with purpose, but also lived through the purpose of the Father. Uh, I think a lot of times when we think of surrender, we think that we're just throwing something away and like getting rid of it ourselves. But ultimately, we're just welcoming God into it mm-hmm. and we're giving it to Him to take care of it. Like when we surrender our family to God, we're not getting rid of our family. We're trusting God with it. Um, And and that was the attitude of Christ of, of trusting like, you know, even in the garden, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass, let it pass. But if not, may your will be done. Mm -hmm. And that's what surrender is. And I think it, it, it gives a nod to Lordship as well. Yeah, Um, for sure. No. And we're not, we're not letting Jesus be Lord. He was already Lord. Mm-hmm. We are putting ourselves in that Lord, under his lordship. That's right. We're, we're not just saying, okay, fine, you can be Lord of my life. No, he right. already was He's Lord already of my Lord. Life. <laughs> we were just disobedient. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's another thing. We're, okay, we're surrendering to your authority. We're, mm-hmm. we're surrendering to your lordship in our that's lives. Right. Um, Which gives a great transition, I think, into... Uh, what's key to a surrendered life. If Jesus gives us purpose and we're surrendering to him as Lord, because we don't make him Lord, he's already Lord. Then we turn from those things, but we turn to him in obedience. Um, and so obedience, I think is key uh, to the surrendered life. And so I was going to read a few, a few scriptures. Let's just start in the old Testament um, in Deuteronomy chapter six. Um, he talks about how this is a command. This is called the Shema. Um, and so when you read through this, you'll see that, but I'm going to start down in verse four, where he says, listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart, repeat them to your children, talk about them as you sit in your house. And when you walk along the side of the road, when you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates, which is right at the gate. We can see whenever they're fixing to go into uh, a new land is like, you know, Moses is trying to show them this is this is a great command. And we know today that the um, that are then and today um, Jewish followers, they, they recite this over and over in their in their mind and heart. And so the Shema, that word actually means it's the word listen, Israel. So Shema Israel is what he's saying there. But it's also paying attention. He's saying pay attention, but it also has the word meaning of responding to what you're hearing. And so I think whenever it talks about this and we start thinking about it, I mean, he's already trying to get into the people's hearts that you hear God, but you respond to God. And then we know if we move into the New Testament, um, Jesus quotes this in Matthew 22 and in Mark 12. He quotes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So he brings this into light so in that we're following under his lordship. Um, and then in John, I think even some more 
uh, things when it comes to obedience. In John chapter 13, uh, 34, um, it says this, I give you, Jesus says this, I give you a new command, love one another, just as I've loved you. You're also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And so these are just the main commands that we see in scriptures. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor. And then we know the great commission is to be a disciple that makes disciples when it comes to those things. So let's just, let's just start there. I mean, we don't have to go into the Old Testament to where they had 613 <laughs> things that they had to uh, try to keep up, but it showed that they needed a new heart and the new heart is found in Christ. So let's just say we take the um, greatest two commandments and our great commission and just loving. And that's how people are going to know that we're his disciples. What would our heart, our home, our church, our community, our state, or even our world would look like if believers would just surrender to the commands of scripture, just these, <laughs> um, and then it would follow. What would that look like in the life today? I think it would look a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Watching, um, like watching these TikToks or these Instagram reels and stuff, like just these things in our culture and things that are going on, you know, it's hard to look at it and just be like, man, y'all, y'all need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, you know, and a lot of the things that people will kind of associate with Christianity or say that this is what Judeo Christianity is or, um, our Western Christianity that no, that's no, that's not what, no. The, that's what we have. That's what we strive for. And if we, we as Christians would give over to those things, we would like make it a point, hey, we're going to obey these, then we would see the peace. We would see, mm-hmm. we, we would see comfort. We would see that there's not a whole lot of strife and anger and warring going on in our homes or with our neighbors or at our jobs because, you know, we're, we're doing this right stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think too, as you were, you know, reading those verses and, and talking about obedience in, in all these things, my mind went to the model prayer, like the Lord's prayer. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things Jesus says in the model prayer after, you know, (laughs) our father who is in heaven, your name be honored as holy. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So if we do these things that God has commanded us to do, if we will live in obedience, then we'll start to experience more of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. It'll look like what God originally created humanity to look like because we'll be honoring him and it'll be his kingdom come and his will being done. And which is a really, it's kind of a scary thought, but it's also mm-hmm. a really cool thought that when we obey God, we get to experience what he originally created us for. Absolutely. And outside of that, we don't experience that. Which I know another one that I think would happen is if we started doing the two greatest commandments, that the church would be like the Acts church, mm-hmm. where it was growing daily. And people inside the church were actually doing life together because they cared about the people around them, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I feel like churches today are lacking a little bit because we get so caught up in the selfish mindset of us caring more about ourselves and us caring about other people. Um, which is against and disobedience of the two greatest commandments, mm-hmm. which is always kind of a slap in the face to me because am I following those two greatest commandments? That's right. Which is also an act of surrender. Sometimes the greatest thing we have to, or the first thing that we ever have to surrender is ourselves. Us. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And it, Romans 2, 4, uh, 
tells us, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Mm-hmm. Like it's, why do we obey? Why do we repent? Why, why do we live that life? It's because we've, we have seen and have felt God's kindness and his patience towards us. Like I want mm-hmm. that his kindness and his patience is not an excuse for us to just keep doing it is, right. it is to lead us to a point of that, oh, okay, yeah, I, I need to surrender. I need to repent. I need to live in obedience because he is so good. Mm-hmm. It's not a, we're not repenting to get God's favor. We're repenting through because of obedience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, yeah. And ultimately, <laughs> that's how we parent too. Like when we get on to our children and discipline our children for doing something <laughs> wrong, we do it so that they will not do that thing again. That's right. Like we show them grace and forgiveness in hopes that we carry them along to grow in that. <laughs> but yet we don't apply that to, to our, our lives life. and our heavenly father. It's the same thing. And so mm-hmm. there's so many ways where we can connect yeah. even our roles as parents into being obedient and what it's like to understand God's grace and forgiveness. That's right. And so Jesus gives us uh, purpose. He gives us uh, the things to walk in freedom and his obedience. And those things are awesome uh, to think about, but he gives us a new identity. And so living a surrendered life, I think it's key uh, to remind ourselves daily of our new identity that's in Christ. And so before we get into some questions that we want to send to you um, in the home, um, I just want all of us to kind of briefly share some scriptures uh, that um, can help you as a parent, uh, can help um, uh, you as a student if you're listening, or you in general. Uh, these are some great verses that we can run to on a daily basis to remind us of our new identity and think, you know what, I'm surrendering uh, to myself because my new identity is in Christ. So what are some scriptures I would give that would be great for our parents to to cling to or whoever's listening uh, to this? I have um, Galatians 3, and it's Paul writing to the Galatian church. And in verse 27, it says this, all who have put, all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. Now, like our identity is now in Christ whenever we've been saved by him. Mm-hmm. Like it's no longer us living, it's Christ living through us. And that's something we've got to constantly remind ourselves. It's no longer my identity, but it's Christ. Yeah, the, um, all of these are going to fit together uh, within <laughs> being in the same theme. But similar to that, and uh, my mind immediately went to Second Corinthians chapter five, and in verses sixteen through twenty-one, it says, "From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective. Yet now we no longer know Him in that way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has been reconciled." who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to the message of reconciliation to us. And then in verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are a new creation. Mm-hmm. The old has passed away and the new has come. Live in the reconciliation of Christ and allow him to send you and lead you and guide you 
to go forth as an ambassador. That's a pretty cool identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it would be um, all of Romans 12. I won't read all of it, but there, <laughs> there's a few key points in it where he says in verse 2, no, do not be conformed to this, war, to this world, but be transformed yeah. by the renewal of your mind, mm-hmm. that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and is acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. And so when we think of the word conformed, it is the picture that Scripture paints for that is a being shoved into a mold. Uh, so me being a potter, like putting clay into a mold, it is a very hard process. Um, it, it, there's a lot of pushing and prodding. There's a lot of, of force, uh, all push to make you look like or make that clay look like something else. And when you take it out, you can set it aside. You can take more clay and shove it in and push it in, take it out, and it's going to look the exact same. And I think what is going on here is that the world wants all of us to look the same. They, they talk about, the world talks about diversity, talks about being different, but they ain't. Every single one of them looks the exact but same. they ain't. They mm. ain't. They say the same <laughs> things. They look the same way. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Christians who have surrendered, it's this beautiful thing of that the more we look like Christ, the more we are distinct individuals. Mm-hmm. And then you get down later into ver- uh, chapter 12 where he talks about what we are all members of one body but distinct members with part with different parts and purposes. Like that is a beautiful picture of that. Even with a, us four, we are not the same, mm-hmm. but we are all striving to be like Christ. Mm, but right. we all have different uh, abilities, likes and dislikes, um, personalities, and we are all distinct and we all have a purpose. That's right. And, um, and lastly, I'll just give... Uh, quickly, Ephesians uh, chapter 1, um, verses 3, and you can go read this at at, uh, at some time, 3 through 14. And a challenge I'll just give you is when you go back and read that is to underline in him every time you come across that. Um, I think you'll see that your new identity is in Christ. And so um, as we kind of end this episode today, we want to just give you some things to think about, things to carry into your home to talk to your children, or you can uh, have some family time around the table, whatever that may be. But go back to that first question we talked about at the very beginning. Um, As a family, talk about what is one thing? If you lost it tomorrow, it would make you question whether or not you matter or not. Um, And then as you talk through those things, um, start talking about obedience. I mean, what, what are some scriptures that we can go to uh, to talk about that? And then also take some time this week just to remind yourself of your identity in Christ. And so as a family, uh, you can go back and listen to some of these scriptures and write them down. You can find your own scriptures and make some sticky notes, make some note cards, whatever it may be, and put those in places where you're at often so that you can remind yourself of that. I have mine, uh, this Ephesians 1 uh, 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 chapter, or the one that I just mentioned, in my visor of my truck. Uh, just so I can say, you know what, I'm in him today. Let's live life differently. And so just take some of that into your home. We hope this episode has been beneficial to you and that um, it will be a great benefit for us to come alongside you and help you disciple your child. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to being with you next time.